Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hey, thanks for coming along for the ride tonight. Now, look, if you're going to watch the debate, do me a favor. Leave Inside Sports on. First of all, it doesn't start until 7, and I'm hoping the first hour of the show will be so enthralling, you'll forget all about the the debate. But I think this would be entertaining. You could leave Inside Sports on on your radio or on your phone or your iPad or your computer, however you now consume radio, the radio player app. Leave it on and watch the debate with the subtitles. So you can just read along. That might make the debate even more amusing or more horrifying. I don't know. Or think about this. You could leave Inside Sports on and watch the debate completely muted without the closed captioning, and you could pretend whatever I'm saying or my guest is saying or what Trump or Biden are saying. Like, you could sync it up like it's a, it's a, it's a bad lip sync or a bad dub or something like that. That might be entertaining. That, that might be entertaining. So I, I hope we have you uh, until after 7 o'clock uh, when the debate starts. I don't know. We'll see. You're welcome to get in touch by calling or texting 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I was with you for the final hour of the 630 Chet Afternoons as well. Jay Lynn will be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. All right. John says, (laughs) this is great. John says, Reed, I prepared my inside sports canned ham with a honey mustard glaze served with rice and steamed asparagus. That is from John. Asparagus is a wonderful vegetable, by the way. Really enjoy that. Thanks, John. Good you're putting the canned ham to use. B Money says, hey, Reed, I'm literally enthralled already. Thank you for the liberal use of the word literally, B Money. Thank you for tuning in. And Beans McQueen says, uh, Reed, I've never known if can the canned hams are serious or a total joke. Let me know. Beans, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. You'll have to, you'll have to re- get a freedom of information request. I mean, we had somebody text in about how he's preparing the canned ham, so maybe that will uh, help you answer. Anyway, that's that's a good question. I I appreciate that. Okay, Blake Dermott's coming up in a few minutes. Blake Blake has a bit of a story. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, you know what? That'll be our off-topic topic tonight. We haven't had one uh, in a while. 780-496-0063 to text in. Because Blake Dermott had a, well, he, I mean, he had a, he has kind of a, a lottery story. Blake did not win a jackpot. He is not a multimillionaire. He is not going to have, retire, but he has kind of a fun lottery story. And it, uh, you know, they, he got, he got some money. So give me the most that you ever won 
off a lottery ticket, whether it's a 649, Lotto Max, uh, Powerball, Seven from Heaven, or a scratch ticket. In, in anything like that, we'll, we'll exclude casinos and, and other forms of gambling or sports gambling. The most you ever won on a lottery ticket, and did you ever have that moment where maybe you're checking the numbers or you're scratching and you're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get millions or even 10,000 would be nice on a scratch ticket or something like that. That'll be our off-topic topic tonight if you have any uh, stories along those lines. Blake sort of has one coming up, and of course we'll talk some football. The National Hockey League is uh, canceling the 2021 Winter Classic and the All-Star Weekend. The Winter Classic was scheduled for New Year's Day, outdoors, Target Field in Minneapolis, with the Wild taking on the Blues. The Panthers were supposed to host the All-Star festivities in Sunrise in late January. Now, the league still says the target date to start the season is January 1st. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think mid-January is the earliest, maybe even February 1st. You heard Bill Foley from the Golden Knights, owner of the team, a couple of weeks ago say, you know, it could go into February. There could be a Canadian division. But for now, the league wants to start January 1st, but they've confirmed because there, there was maybe some speculation. They start the season January 1st with the Winter Classic. They say, hey, we're back. We're doing the big outdoor game. Maybe there are some fans coming in and we're doing 60 games or whatever. So that's uh, at least starting with the Winter Classic is off the table. So that is of note, but they they are still shooting for January 1st. The NBA uh, shooting for January 18th. That is their target return date. So there's another thing to keep in mind. Meanwhile, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, they've been having some trouble, and though they've been trying to play through all the COVID-19. We know what's going on uh, with the Western Hockey League. They've announced a January 8th target date for return. Uh, the Drummondville team has announced a, a positive test for a player for COVID-19. So they've suspended team in-person activities. The league had previously suspended all its Quebec-based teams from regular season play until at least next Friday. So the teams in the Maritimes are allowed to play, but the teams in Quebec are not in the QMJHL. Thursday night football is tonight. How appropriate that it's coming up on a Thursday. It's the Giants and the Eagles. I'm sure you know the story. Neither team is doing very well, but someone's going to win. Well, it could be a tie. The Eagles had a tie earlier in the season. They've uh, rearranged Sunday's schedule a little bit. The Sunday nighter is now the Seahawks and the Cardinals. It was supposed to be Brady and the Bucks going up against Chucky and the Raiders. They've moved that to the afternoon because of some COVID concerns with the Raiders. And in case they have to postpone the game, they won't have an empty slot uh, for Sunday night football. So the Seahawks who are undefeated and, and a pretty fun team to watch. And the, the Cardinals are having a decent year too. That's going to be the showdown on, uh, on the Sunday nighter. Oh, here's a fun little note. The uh, home rink, the home arena, I guess I should say for the Colorado avalanche and the Denver nuggets is being renamed. It's been the Pepsi Center ever since it opened back in the late 90s. It is being renamed Ball Arena. B-A-L-L Arena. Ball Corporation is a Colorado... I'm, I'm reading this straight off the, the newswire here because I didn't know what Ball Corporation was. Ball Corporation is a Colorado-based company that provides sustainable packaging solutions for beverage, personal care, and household products. 
So Ball Corporation provides packaging solutions. I'll let you write your own joke for that one. We're back with Blake Dermott after the break. In a couple minutes, Blake Dermott with a bit of a lottery story. So I asked you your biggest lottery win on a ticket for 649 Lotto Max, 7 from Heaven, close uh, scratch ticket. Daniel says he won a free play on Lotto Max. Daniel, that's huge. Don says, Reed, I won $3,040 on 649. I had five out of six numbers. I missed $23 million by one number. That is from Don. Man, well, 3000 bucks is pretty good. $23 million would have been better. John is on the line. John, thanks for calling. Hey, Reed, I just wanted to phone and thank you for all the great interviews that, that you did when we were starting back up in May and June and July. I'm one of your original 14 supporters, and you helped keep me sane, Reed, so thank you so much. I'm also feeling really great about our hockey team. I wanted to talk to you about that because I love Jesse Pujarvi. He's going to be a really good uh, top-line winger. I'm glad I, I, I stuck with him. We're getting Raphael Lavoie coming. He's a power forward. We got Ryan McLeod, who's going to be a fourth line center. And that's not counting Bouchard and Broberg and Sam Marukov. It's going to be fun, Reed. I, I can hardly wait for the, for the hockey season. I'm hoping that you can ask Blake Dermott, though, if, we're going to, if the CFL is going to survive, because I'm really worried about that right now. I, I, miss, I miss my football. Well, yeah, Blake and I have talked about that in the in the past, John, for sure. But yeah, I miss the Canadian Football League as well. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's it's uh, I appreciate that you're out there, John, and I'm always happy to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Love the show, Britain. Thank you. Bye bye. Right on. That is John checking in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The number to both call and text. Okay, Blake Dermott. Usually get him uh, as our in-game analyst during double E football broadcasts in the fall. And he usually joins us on inside sports every week or two to talk about the Edmonton football team, but we will discuss some other things with Blake tonight. Blake, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on the show. I appreciate that you're still coming on pretty much every week, even though we don't have a CFL season. And I, I know Blake, that no matter what you would always come on the show, even if a large sum of money fell into your lap, I know that you would still come on inside sports. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for that large sum of money, Reed. So, what's the, the story here? Because I saw some some tweets. What, what? How how close were you? Did you think it was happening with the lottery? What was going on there? Well, I first of all, I'm uh, I'm sort of the caretaker of a pool here at work, and there is a large sum of us that are in this pool. Uh, there's 16 of us, and. Uh, and uh, I, I'm the guy who buys the tickets. I'm the guy who checks tickets. I'm do all, I'll do all those things. So, anyways, I, I uh, on Tuesday I, I go to check the tickets and want a free play. And I went, oh, okay, we want a free play. And and, and so we buy forty dollars worth of tickets every week because everybody puts in five dollars. And uh, um, I checked the second uh, forty dollars twice a week. And and uh, I, I checked the, the second ticket and we didn't win anything. And then I checked the third ticket and I, I looked at it and I, hmm, what's that? I, I, I thought. Wow, we won a hundred dollars, and then, <laughs> and then I see, you know, the the decimal point and a couple of, you know, the other zero, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I I I initially thought we might have won a big 
big number here. And I really thought that, uh, that that those checkers would make a bigger noise when if you win a bigger number. But as it turns out, we won a uh, $1,002.10. So divided up among 16 people, that's a whopping $62.65 a person. So. <laughs> well, if you would have got that $1,000 to yourself, you, you could have matched your rookie salary in the Canadian Football League. Pretty darn close, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we had five, it was on the Lotto Max, we had five numbers and the extra. So and That's only 1000 bucks. You'd think that'd be a little more. I mean, not the, wow. the thousands of things. I mean, not well, the, I did some investigating. I did some investigating, Reed. And if you have uh, six numbers and the extra, it's only like four thousand dollars. So yeah, no, it, it's a big jump from first prize to second prize, because uh, uh, nobody won the draw, and I think it was thirty-six million or something like that. And and uh, and so second prize was four thousand dollars. So that, that just that that doesn't seem right. It seems like you should get more than that. Well, I'm glad you guys got something. Whether it's a thousand or sixty-two, that's uh, that's sixty-two more than most people get off a lottery ticket. So, so good for the group there. Blake Dervich joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, well, we'll talk some football with you. I, I, look, you're a New England Patriots fan, and they, they've had an incredible two decades, and they uh, achieved another milestone on the weekend because they did not allow a touchdown, but they lost. First time that's happened under Bill Belichick. Man, I, I, I thought when Cam Newton went there, that was going to be great for him, great for the team. Uh, they've been pretty up and down so far, and they're having trouble scoring in a couple of games. Well, a, a couple of things, you know, they, they, they you're right. Uh, bringing Cam Newton in, in fold has, has really helped them. But, uh, but with him being sick, I mean, he was, he was sick. He missed one game, and then he was back after having not practiced a whole lot. It, it, the one thing about the Patriots, though, is I don't think they've really addressed their one of the problem areas they had last year was they didn't have a ton of guys for Brady to throw to. So, so they've, they've had a bunch of injuries. They've had their practice uh, facility shut down for a while. And, and uh, I still think that they're going to be uh, one of the elite teams in the league. Uh, but they are uh, having some struggles right now. And, and this virus has really taken its toll on them. Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I, the, the virus has taken its toll on a number of teams in Tennessee Titans. But certainly they've uh, been able to find a way to, uh, to win. And uh, you know, same with, you know, uh, uh, Pittsburgh had their facility shut down for a while, and, and they're another undefeated team, although they uh, they come up against uh, Tennessee here shortly, and that's going to, one of those teams isn't going to be undefeated anymore. And then Seattle uh, is the other one that's, that just seems to be rolling along. Um, but, you know, I, I've always been a, a Patriots fan, but before that I was a, a, a Pittsburgh fan, and with, with the emergence of Chase Claypool, uh, it's it's going to be very easy for Canadian fans to 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 really uh, uh, be aware and watch the Pittsburgh uh, uh, Pittsburgh team play the Steelers because they put that uh, Clay, uh, Chase Claypool. What does he have? Five touchdowns in his last two games. He's been phenomenal, and he is an emerging superstar in that league. Yeah, for sure, fun to watch. Absolutely, Tampa Bay Green Bay. That was the big Brady. Rogers showdown and it was all Rogers early for about a quarter and then my goodness I mean I, I was all kind of excited to watch that game made sure I got the chores done sit down Sunday afternoon to watch the game and then the halftime I was kind of like half paying attention half reading a book sort of watching the game like the Bucks just took over and stomped them 
Yeah, there, the one thing that was really impressive was how uh, how well the Bucks defense played, and and that was a thing that they had. They had a decent defense last year, uh, a little bit inconsistent offensively, and and I still think they are consist- inconsistent offensively. But uh, but as soon as the the pick six was thrown by Rodgers, it was just like a completely different team with uh, Green Bay, and uh, you know one of the things is it's been a little bit a little bit slow to to come back to sort of a. a, a a, a high level form is uh, Gronkowski uh, had a really good day I thought uh, I thought Brady moved the ball really well and uh, and and distributed it well but I was really impressed with the Bucks defense more than anything and you're right it was kind of a it was kind of a sneezer by uh, or a snoozer by the time the second half came along they've uh, they've moved a couple games this weekend moved a couple of start times the Seahawks and Cardinals go to Sunday night and they're moving the Bucks and the Raiders to Sunday afternoon because maybe they might have to reschedule it to another day depending on the COVID situation with three days notice would that have, I mean you, you would have lived this as a player would, would that affect anything or is this more than enough time for a player to adjust to a different game time you know, athletes, professional athletes, any kind of athletes are creatures of habit with respect to times, and especially in the NFL, uh, because they, you know, they they typically play on Sundays, with the exceptions of, uh, of the Thursday night game and the Monday night game. But those don't happen maybe once a year, uh, but once a year. So so they are very much a rigid schedule. Uh, but this year, all bets are off with the way they've moved games around. You know, Tuesday night games and Monday night games and Thursday night games and so the players have had to be uh, become a lot more adaptable but uh, if if given the opportunity and enough time i think they can adapt to that but uh, i i think that really impacts the level of performance that they've they've they're showing on the field with the mistakes that are made and and uh, and you know in in a couple of instances the the bucks in, in their last game they had uh, zero penalties in the game but the game before that they, i think they had 13 or 14 penalties so so you can see how how you can you can see these drastic changes in the way players and athletes have to prepare and that can certainly be impact the way they perform blake really appreciate you checking in hope you make that 62 dollars last as long as you can buddy we'll talk to you soon all right reed thanks a lot i'll do the best i can so there you have it the uh, group ticket just over a thousand dollars one thousand and two dollars they had to split it 16 ways uh, so 62 bucks for blake and everybody else. Not bad. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Scoreless early between the Giants and the Eagles. They're only three minutes into the first quarter. Tampa, the Tampa Bay teams, man, looking very good. We'll go there. Pat Donovan when we get back. Mike Smith back for another year, signed in free agency, one year, $2 million after splitting time with Miko Koskinen last season. Carson Wentz scores a touchdown on the Eagles opening drive, 845 left in the first quarter. Thursday night football 
Eagles leading the Giants 7-zip. I mentioned on Sunday they've moved the Sunday nighter. It's now the Seahawks and the Cardinals, the Bucks and the Raiders go to the afternoon. The World Series, of course, will resume tomorrow. It is tied 1-1. And on that note, I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from WDAE. It is Pat Donovan. Now, Pat, you got to correct me here because I had on my notes that you're from Tampa Bay, but that's not an actual city. The radio station is not floating in the water. What what city are you in? You know, it's really funny because a lot of Tampa Bay fans get very angry when they hear the city referred to as Tampa Bay. They're always like, oh, it's not Tampa Bay, it's Tampa. It doesn't bother me so much. I'm originally from the Northeast. I do love it here. I never want to leave, but uh, it doesn't bother me. But, yes, I'm in the city of Tampa as we speak. <laughs> Okay, uh, and do all this so we, we're going to talk about the Lightning, uh, we're going to talk about the Bucks, and we're going to talk about the Rays. Uh, but don't the Rays play in St. Pete, or am I thinking of an earlier stadium? The Rays, yeah, the Rays play, play in St. Petersburg. They love to play in Tampa. They should play in Tampa. And, Reed, you know this. When you build a stadium, you tend to look around at how much uh, you know people live, how much population there is around where that stadium is going to be. There's a bunch of fish living around Tropicana Field. It's literally, there's water in, in almost every direction. I don't know what they were thinking, but yes, they. unfortunately, the team is located in St. Petersburg right now, although, of course, uh, every game this week happened in Texas. Well, right, yeah, it's not it's not as relevant uh, for this season for sure. Well, thanks a lot for, for checking in. Okay, I got, I got to cover cool. something here with you first before we dive into the specific teams because... Uh, we're going to get either the Dodgers or the Rays, so there will be a city winning the double this season, which has happened, well, I don't know if it's happened four other times this this century. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Patriots and the Red Sox their years, 04 and 18. Obviously, we give Pittsburgh 09, the Steelers and the Penguins. Do we give Los Angeles 02 for the Lakers and the Angels? I mean, like, I had a buddy who lived in, in Santa Monica for a few years, and he was like, the Angels aren't really L.A.'s team. Do we give L.A. the double for 02? I would say no, uh, just because I hate the stupid name, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I often call them the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim on the western part of the United States and California because it's just like, it's, how long do you need the name to be? So, no, I don't want to give them any credit for that. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. And I, and I know, I guess, geographically, uh, they're close. But with so many people there, I think you can kind of uh, kind of separate the fan bases. Okay. Uh, Maybe if where they didn't they... have the Dodgers. Maybe if they didn't have the Dodgers, but they do. They don't get to claim close by teams. That is a very good point. They have the Dodgers that are L.A.'s team. So if L.A. gets the double this year, that that's fine. We give them the, the Dodgers and the Lakers. But I, I agree with you uh on uh on 02 for sure and i notice on the list i'm looking at they're giving the uh it just says the bay area for 1989 the 49ers and the athletics like that's what that shouldn't count either yeah no i'm with you on that one no it's got to be the same city for crying out loud what are these people trying to do all right so i'm I'm glad you're on again i I mean i i put it out on twitter that you're joining us from the center of the sports universe let's start with the hockey because that one's already already put to bed you already got the cup Uh, the lightning went to toronto they went to edmonton um they won it all i mean the lightning have been have, have have been a great franchise i mean just your take on seeing that cup run and Maybe, I mean, look, last year against Columbus already happened, but maybe that takes away some of the sting of, sting of it. 
Oh, there's no question about it. And you talk about them being a great franchise, and they really have ever since Jeff Vinnick bought this this hockey team. And it's funny because the ownership before Jeff Vinnick, the Cowboys, as a lot of people like to call them around here, they were awful. They did a poor job of running the team to the point where you know they were pushed out very quickly. But as awful as that ownership was, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because had they been even like close to adequate, they probably would have held on to the team a couple more years. We never would have got Jeff Vinnick and we never would have seen what we're seeing right now is not just a fan base that, you know, is resurgent back to like Oh four when they won it the first time, but has really grown leaps and bounds. And a large part of that is because of Jeff Vinnick, the job he's done owning this hockey team and not just the investment he's made in the team, right? It's always great to make the team great, but the guys made a real investment community too and if you know anything about what's going on in downtown tampa and the way that downtown tampa is changing on the river walk and becoming one of the nicest cities in america a lot of that has to do with jeff vinnick so you're talking about a guy who's invested in the community as well as the hockey team and not just made them one of the best organizations in hockey but really in all the sports I, I'm wondering, and, and look, you host a sports show, so you're talking about stories every day and talking to, to your fans every day. With the Lightning winning under those circumstances, geographically a long way away, but hockey playoffs at a time when there wasn't a lot going on, baseball was just kind of going through the first part of the regular season. I know the NBA was in, in Florida, but um, was and look, I, I, I think the Lightning have a lot of support. I'm not one of those Canadians that's like, oh, you know, there shouldn't be teams that far south. Like maybe maybe a couple teams I might say that about. I wouldn't say that about the Lightning. Was it was there an extra little uh, fire here for Lightning fans during that run, or how would you describe it? Well, Reed, you know this. Anytime you've got a team that's playing the way that this team was, and anytime you have a team that's successful in any city in America, Canada, wherever you are, anytime there's success, people love to jump on board. So there's always those extra kind of bandwagon fans, which, by the way, we'll take. We'll take the bandwagon fans. It's okay. But the core, you know, and you know this, the Lightning have sold out a lot of games in a row. And when you saw that parade on the river and how many people showed up, there was a little extra oomph from some people that maybe wouldn't be paying attention normally because you always have that when you have a championship type of team. But the core that's been here forever, that sold out so many hockey games, they really came out and showed their passion. So, so you're right. This is, and I, and I didn't know when 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 hockey came to Tampa Bay. I was in the Northeast, and I thought Florida. What the hell are you gonna do with it in Florida? But the the way that this fan base has grown, the love for hockey has grown. Phil Esposito. I don't know if you know this story. Phil Esposito tells a story about having to run after the one fan who threw his hat on the ice the first time this team scored a hat trick years and years ago, you know, when they first brought the franchise here. They threw him out of the building. Nobody knew better. They threw him out. Phil Esposito had to go get the guy, bring him back, buy him beers. It's gone from that where nobody knew to throw their hat on the ice to a city that is really rabid for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's been a lot of fun to watch since I've been in Tampa to see how much it's grown, like I said, since Jeff bought this team. Yeah, well-deserved championship for sure. Okay, look, there's a website here, uh, sporttrack.com, and look, I know some of these maybe are somewhat estimated or based on reports, but it has the Dodgers payroll as $108 million. It has the Tampa Bay Rays payroll as $28.3 million. 
uh, this, this, you know, by financially, this shouldn't be happening. How, how have the Rays been able to do this? I mean, a 667 winning percentage during the short and regular season. Correct me if I'm off there. How, how have they been so good with, with like an incredibly, let me put it this way to you, Pat, that payroll wouldn't even be legal in the national hockey league because we almost have a salary cap. We also have a salary floor. How have the Rays done it? Well, and you know what? I've I've been one of those people that, you know, I love baseball, but I feel like it's a better sport if they follow the NHL, if they follow the NFL. And I understand the way Major League Baseball is, and teams like the Yankees are never going to allow a salary cap, but we at least need a salary floor in Major League Baseball if we really want it to be competitive. How the Rays have maintained a competitive, and it's really for about a decade now, right? They've won a lot of games. They haven't won that World Series yet, but they've won a, a lot of games, and not only have they won a lot of games, and I think to your question about how have they done it, if you think about things that, you know, when the opener first started, I was, I'll was i raise my hand. I was one of those people that was like, opener? This is stupid. This is never going to work. It's something they did out of necessity, though, but all of a sudden, you see it, it's happening all over the place, including in the World Series, by a team like the Dodgers who have spent the kind of money. You, you mentioned the payroll. Those are the adjusted payrolls, right? The 100-plus million dollars is an adjusted payroll for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Same thing with that 28. And the number that I continue to see a lot is $26 million. That's how much in the adjusted shortened season they're paying for Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw. So two guys take up just $2 million less than the entire Rays roster. So what they've been able to do for years, spending as low as just about anybody in baseball, has really been phenomenal. And it's about really, like I said, changing the game, the opener, the shift, some of the things that they've kind of done before everyone else, looking at the game differently, using analytics, thinking about things in a way that maybe conventionally you don't, and, and purists kind of look at and go, what the hell is that? But then again, it works and everyone else starts doing it. So they've just been somehow a little bit ahead of the curve year after year on some of the things, some of the ways that you can find to compete when you can't go out and buy those big bats like a lot of teams can. Pat, when we first had you on the show, it, it it seems like it was about three years ago, but it was actually earlier this year when Tom Brady signed there. And... Uh, I, I, I'm going to use a cliche. I know we're, we're taught not to use them in, in broadcasting, but I, I thought that was the, the good old statement game for the Bucks against the Packers on the weekend. Boy, I'll tell you what. I was one of many who picked the Buccaneers to lose that game. I, I, I suggested before the season, you know, when we did our little predictions on our show, I thought the Bucks were going to go 12-4 and four this year, but one of the four games I had them losing was the Green Bay Packers game. And I just thought that, you know, it's a really good football team. And a lot of people remember over the offseason were doom and gloom. They didn't get any better. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers any help. What are they doing? They drafted the love to back them up and all, you know, oh, oh, but they were 13 and three last year for a reason. And they, they're really good again. And to see an undefeated Packers team come in here, really concerned about the Buccaneers. I was going into this game because they had just lost Vita Vea, one of the best nose tackles in the game for the entire season the week before. How would the defense respond to that? Well, we saw how they responded, and it was really pretty unbelievable the job that Devin White did. He asked he asked to be unleashed last week, right? And they unleashed him, and he played an unbelievable game. And as long as he and, and Levante David have space and are allowed to run sideline to sideline, the speed and, and the smarts of those two guys 
to know what's going on, to recognize plays before they happen, has really changed that defense. And if the defense can play like they did, forget about the offense. The offense is going to be okay. It was okay with Chavis Winston. But if the defense can play the kind of football they did last week, as Bruce Arian said, if you don't turn the ball over, you create a couple turnovers, you don't commit penalties. And last week they commit zero against Green Bay. That's the recipe, as Bruce Arian said, to beating anybody in the effing league. And it looks like they can after the, after last Sunday. Pat, well, one more for you. Pat Donovan joining us tonight from WDAE Radio in Tampa. So, look, is, is it still... Is it still the NFL though is king there? Like like the Bucks are are king when because obviously you know they're celebrating the Lightning, they're excited about the Rays, but you know when you're going on air, are you thinking like okay, I still got to talk Bucks the most, even though we have these two other championship caliber teams in the market? Well, I'll tell you this: during a playoff run, you know when the Lightning were in the playoffs, we, we were certainly leading Lightning and talking more Lightning uh, than Buccaneer football. Same thing with the Rays right now in the World Series. Tomorrow's our quote-unquote Football Friday show, but we'll be heavy into Game Three of the World Series and a great pitching matchup with Walker Bueller and Charlie Morton. But for the most part, if a team's not in the playoffs, the Lightning or the Rays. It is always football first in Florida. I imagine it all, it always will be. Again, this this is a much more passionate, I think, Rays fan base than people realize because all they see is the empty seats at, at Tropicana Field, which you don't see at Amelie Arena for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But those are two passionate fan bases. I don't know that in the state of Florida, especially with as big as high school football is here, that it will ever surpass football. Yeah. Well, Pat, I'll tell you what, uh, I hope that within the next couple of seasons, the Lightning are once again playing for the Stanley Cup in Edmonton because that would mean that the Oilers are in the series because I don't think we're going to do bubbles anymore. I love having you on, Pat. I love having you on. I love the insight, love the energy, and maybe next time we'll put you on a sailboat for this hit so you can actually be in Tampa Bay while we're talking. Ah, uh, you know what? The last time I was in a sailboat was on my honeymoon, and let's just say I didn't do so well. So it might not go too good if we do that. Hey, thanks for doing this, buddy. Enjoy the World Series. Anytime, Reed. That's Pat Donovan checking in. I really love talking to him from WDAE Sports Radio in Tampa, not in St. Petersburg, though the Rays do play in St. Petersburg. So I, I, I just thought that's interesting. That that market's doing great. The Lightning are the champs. The Rays might be the champs. Still some track to go uh, for the Bucks, but they, they've clearly emerged as one of the better teams so far in the National Football League. And as he said, you know, high school football, or, or football, I should say, is king in Florida. But the Lightning have done well. Good team, uh, strong hockey market for sure. All right, 780-496-0063 to call or text. Uh, the Giants are on the board. Golden Tate with a touchdown reception, just as I'm throwing to break here. So now they'll go for the convert. Coming back. Now 7-7 Giants and Eagles 405 left in the first quarter Day off in the World Series They will resume 
tomorrow, Pat Donovan was on the show from Tampa Radio. And yeah, we were talking about multiple championships in a season in the four major North American pro sports leagues. It will happen, well, within a week. The Lakers already have the NBA. The Lightning already have the Stanley Cup. Either the L.A. Dodgers or Tampa Bay Rays will win the World Series. So it'll be a double for L.A. or for Tampa Bay, which, as Pat was talking about, isn't actually a city, but that's what the teams are called. Boston had the Patriots and the Red Sox in 18, in 09. Pittsburgh had the Steelers and the Penguins. Boston had the Patriots and the Red Sox in 04. And this one is listed, but as Pat and I were talking about, I I don't think this one should be on here. The Lakers and the Angels in 2002 for the greater Los Angeles area. I don't think that counts because he has the Dodgers. L.A. did have it. Now, the the last one in the the 1900s was the, the Lakers and the Dodgers in 1988 Lakers uh, won the NBA Dodgers won the world series. That was the year that Kirk Gibson uh, hobbling home run to help beat the A's. Uh, was that game one of that series? I believe it was uh, New York had the giants and the Mets in 86. I'm not going to go back and read the whole list, but uh, before that Pittsburgh had the Steelers and the pirates in 1979. There was one team to have the triple one city to have the triple. You have to go all the way back to 1935 Detroit, the Lions won the NFL championship. They did not have a a Super Bowl. They had the NFL championship. The Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, and the Detroit Tigers won the World Series. I'm pretty sure in 1935, well, no, the the Detroit Pistons would not have existed in 1935. The NBA didn't exist in 1935, and plus the Pistons were in Fort Wayne before playing in Detroit. So anyway, just looking at some uh, winning the double, or uh, winning the treble, as Detroit did back in 1935. Now, this does not include uh, Canadian teams, but when would we have, I guess, for the Canadian double, I I suppose Toronto could win the the Stanley Cup in the World Series. Um, The Canadian double, I think think it would be 87 would be the last time, wouldn't it? The Oilers won the Stanley Cup, and uh, the team that was known as the Eskimos at the time won the Grey Cup. We haven't had a Canadian Stanley Cup championship since 1993, so that rules everything out since then. So it would have been Edmonton in 1987, the last team to have the uh, the precious Canadian double. Not the Tim Hortons double-double, the Canadian sports double. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout for the news and weather. Shay Ganim is staying up late to come on the show, and we'll talk a little pickleball with Dave Jones. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.